0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Web3 Unpacked. Joining us today is Stacy Quackenbush, CEO of Third Academy, a Web3 education community and engagement platform dedicated to bringing virtual education, job seeking, and events to, to the world. I'm certainly eager to learn more about this. Uh, I, I love the idea of Web3 meeting education and giving people alternatives in this world welcome
1: thanks so much such a pleasure to be here
0: yeah yeah and uh some some interesting notes about stacy um she's formerly from the entertainment industry where she developed immersive entertainment uh strategies for various live uh, live events and venues Um, she's also an entrepreneur a technologist uh an advisor and a creative strategist uh, that's awesome. And that's a lot of things going on. And uh, now you are leading the charge with Third Academy. Okay. So one of, the, one of the questions, Stacey, that I always love to ask, because it kind of sets the tone and it actually helps me understand where people's heads are and where they, where they came from, is how did you get into Web3? What, what, what did your journey look like?
1: Yeah, really great question. Um, not only was I um, an entertainment strategist, I was actually building large-scale entertainment complexes. Um, in 2018, I was um, my company partnered with another company to open Wisdom in downtown LA. It had five geodesic domes with 360 projection mapping. Uh, you know, the precursor to the Sphere in Las Vegas, if you will. They were it was 35,000 square feet of campus space with AR and VR activations. Um, Within 18 months of that, I partnered with another company, Vortex Immersion Media, and we had six of those in development across the United States. Um, We were breaking ground on one outside of Lower Manhattan meeting with the governor of New Jersey when COVID hit. COVID hit, and within three months, all of our investors, all of our deals had fallen through. Now, when you build entertainment complexes with AR, VR and 360 projection mapping, you had some pretty incredible technology teams. So my thinking was, let's pivot. Let's develop process IP that was creative so we could host um, virtual events for the electronic music industry in Metaverse. And at that time, it became abundantly evident that we needed to stream our content on chain. We needed to tokenize our ticketing and we needed to create in-world, real-time Uh, minting of souvenirs as NFTs during these events. That was my entree into Web3. From that point, I ended up being a Web3 consultant for about a half dozen companies. And most recently, prior to Third Academy, I built out robust business models for metaverse properties, really focusing on the enterprise, as well as the consumer use cases for long-term stickiness and ROI.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, And I'm just going to back up a little bit because there's a lot there. Um, The live entertainment spaces, the projection mapping, I love, absolutely love that stuff. Um, I've been involved in some projects myself personally from a design perspective. And I have friends who actually specialize in doing those things, uh, those type of installations, Um, and, uh, one, one friend of mine has been doing it for years and he does Madison square garden and he does all the raps and, and small events. Um, he did work, uh, with dead mouse, um, Mm -hmm. doing the, the cube that he has on stage and the backdrops and various artists. Um, so I have a soft spot for that and it's, it's really fun and it, and it's, it's super important, I think, just to kind of pull people in um one place that you probably know in new york is zero space yeah you should check that out that's the same friend he's one of the co-founders of that
1: oh Uh, small worlds we may we may know each other
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so we should talk after that i totally that's totally skipped my mind there but um let's dive in and like we were talking before, Stacey, you and I can go off in 10 different directions, <laughs> and we will, um, and we've got a surprise at the end for you. Um, how do you – can you give us, like, the the story behind Third Academy? Because it really is interesting, um, and to me, it's kind of a brave, uh, a brave push uh, on the education – higher ed uh, system itself – uh, on society. So I think it has a lot of, uh, it could have a lot of impact. What's the story?
1: Yeah, so the story is that there was a group of people out of Berlin who worked for a major marketing firm who were having a hard time during the last bull market finding enough Web3 qualified people to hire. So what they started to do is educate people that they would then recruit and the people they didn't recruit, they refer to other companies they knew in the space that needed Web3 qualified people to hire. Um, they eventually spun that off, raised some ca- venture capital money and um, s- sought out a CEO and brought me on board.
0: Um, yeah, that it's an interesting world to see how companies form and the, the the impetus of an idea into, you know, hey, we're getting, especially in the Web3 space, we're getting a CEO or CMO, a CTO. These are big things for Uh, web, web three companies and startups, because I consider everyone a startup, (laughs) basically.
1: Um, Starting to, I think sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It seems like the startup never ends kind of thing. Um, Now, this has been on my mind as I've been kind of researching and playing with, you know, your online media and kind of digging in. Do you, Do you guys envision uh, Third Academy as being a replacement for, say, a traditional uh, higher ed or university?
1: Yeah, it's a really great question. And we're getting a lot of inbound from the university systems and the college systems. Um, Additionally, I think that... Third Academy was really seated in a moment where technology was advancing so rapidly that the need to educate people quickly was abound. And that's one of the things that universities are not as great at, (laughs) is keeping pace with the change of technology in real time. Right. Additionally, we have people that may already be out in the workforce that already may be well educated that need to either uplevel their skills or get a little bit more knowledge about a different area in Web three. Web three is very vast and it's advancing as much as you could imagine at this moment. So there are a lot of Web three experts that are they still blind spots in certain areas. So we have a lot of different people that we are built for. We're built for people who are thinking about going to college or thinking about getting a career in tech ed. We are a faster place to do that, but college still has a lot of really important things that are part of someone's education. Additionally, we've got um, over 2000 students that have come through our doors. We're still pre-launched. We will be launched by the end of the year, but in those 2000 students, we've noticed that the vast majority have come from the continent of Africa and Asia. They come from mobile first countries. And these are people who've gotten low cost quality tech education and then tech jobs in areas of the world where jobs at that compensation level aren't common. So we're really changing people's lives. And that is super motivating. And that can happen in any part of the world. It's it's not exclusive uh, to Africa and Asia, but it's um, really exciting the power and the potential of what we're doing and how rapidly um, we can get results for people.
0: Yeah, so so many interesting points in there. Um, the idea of working with developing nations or a third or developing nations, uh, Africa, India, the, those nations started the whole mobile revolution through necessity, right? Um, and you know, families managed money they managed communications uh, uh, through through mobile and and that's what we're seeing in web 3 where it's hey that mobile thing is kind of fun or interesting uh, but it's got a long way to go but in the United States you know years later it's how did we ever live without it you know and I think that's just, right and and it's kind of the the, the same thing with with web 3 um, and you brought up another point too um, and this is actually a conversation I've been having with other people, whether they're actual ed- educators themselves or just interested or in the Web3 space, you know, the speed at which technology is released, right? And it's interesting because I'm not going to give away my age, <laughs> but uh, when, I was, it, it, when I was in university, uh, I was learning desktop publishing uh, on the computer. Whereas my teachers were, you know, illustrating how to cut Ruby lith and set, you know, cameras and lights for, you know, creating plates or negatives for, for presses. Uh, And then after the class or on the weekends, I would show up and teach them desktop publishing. So, so to me, the idea of universities right now, given the state of technology and kind of Moore's law and the exponential growth and speed of it. Um in universities, you really can only teach uh, theory, right why the why of you know your the, the area you 're focusing on or education focus you have uh and how to how to do it, but you, you're not going to learn the mechanics, the tools uh, it moves way, way too fast uh, and I always was curious as like what that looks like, how does curriculum actually keep pace? Or even close, you can't really keep pace with anything these days. But how does this stay close to it so that it really is relevant? So fascinating. Um, and and Third Academy looks like you you guys are poised to kind of actually step in and fill that white space, which is is really nice.
1: Yeah, um, we you know for us it was important to be like a social education platform and to provide the ability to do the practical and. The intellectual. So you have the ability to come to us, um, search the educational content that you're interested in, get credentialed in that content with Soulbound NFTs, um, which will live in your wallet. And if you're not familiar with what a Soulbound NFT does, you know it's immutable, it's on chain, it's verifiable by recruiters, but also whatever your testing was to get you that is also unchanged. So you can see exactly, you don't have to rely on the name behind the credential. You can actually see what the person tested and successfully completed. So this makes hiring so much simpler and more reliable for recruiters. But for us, to your point, it was really important to integrate the metaverse. What the metaverse allows us to do is to provide a wide variety of ways that people can learn. This is not just about reading. It's not just about being taught to. You can go to workshops and podcasts. You can go to Twitter spaces live from our metaverse with a studio audience. The ability to network with others pre and post event and then to co work in our metaverse campuses. So, say for example, because we have a worldwide audience right now, um, our cumulative reach across countries and socials is over 900,000 with the um, first round of community, Web3 communities have entered. So, we are completely global. The idea that you're working on a dev problem and you're struggling with something in the middle of the night and you have this friend that you met at an event um, in a third academy metaverse and you could pop in in the middle of the night and work on something because you can share your screen in the metaverse and invite others in. It really does extend your network. It extends your learning. It extends the community in which you can support yourself and each other and in the way that you grow in Web3. And that was really exciting and important to us as a team.
0: It's so interesting. And and a lot of these Discussions and topics can go in many different directions, but the idea that you're fostering, or actually the community is fostering, uh, a place to meet and um, you know interact with each other, is really really important. And ironically, that's how traditional higher ed started, right? You plop down a campus, people interact with each other, and I'm not I'm not going to uh, you know. Uh, say anything bad about that because I think, you know, IRL kind of interactions are needed more these days. But the idea that um, you're stripping away any kind of pretense or anything uh, uh, outside noise is really interesting. And you're focused, the community is focused on like people, you know, like you uh, at different levels. So the idea of tapping in and creating a wonderful network, whether you're just starting your education uh, journey or, you know, you're a seen, seasoned professional going back for extra help um, and uh, additional learning, you're going to you're bolstering your professional career straight out of straight in the university. So I, I love that. Um, and that's what everyone that's the kind of the golden ticket for any Web3. It is about the community. Um, and whereas, you know, Web 2 is about social socialization and everything else, um, it it was always projected that the bigger your your network is, is the big, you know, the bigger your empire is. And it's I think it's a little bit different in Web 3, whereas we don't want everyone that causes noise. <laughs> we want the right people. And uh, I like that you guys are really fostering um, that connect- connective tissue, uh, if you will.
1: Yeah, cool. we always like to say in Third Academy that, uh, you know, especially since we're based in this social um, element, that Web2 is really about likes and followers. Right. And that is so in a way subservient where <laughs> yeah. we like our social um, ecosystem to be about who am I collaborating with? And what communities am I participating in? It's about the work that you do and how it contributes to the bigger ecosystem, and that's how we value you in our um, in our platform.
0: I really like it. Um, the other point that you brought up before, Stacy, was soulbound, and I, I personally, I've worked on projects, uh, and we can talk about all that stuff at another point. But um, projects that do validate work history. So very similar. Um, I think that's wildly important and so prime for Web3 uh, and blockchain technologies to kind of capitalize on that, really verify people's uh, uh, identities in a, in a broad way and their educational uh, history. I, I think it's fantastic. I mean, if you look at... Uh, LinkedIn. Again, I'm not poo-pooing LinkedIn. We all use it, uh, but man, there are. It's becoming like Twitter, you know, where there's thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of bot accounts, mm-hmm. uh, fake, um, you know, yeah. companies, fake uh, employment history. Uh, it's it's running rampant. So it's not like a nice to have. It's you have to have it, really. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the. Um... Like we, we already discussed that it's going to make recruiting easier. It's going to be more beneficial for people looking for new opportunities because they'll be better matched. It's not about how you interpret someone's career path. You'll actually be able to see in what their skills are. But more importantly, when we think about professional profiles on our platform, we also think about POAPs right? There's like your, your professional credentials as they're validated, but there is some value to a recruiter, especially us. We, we like to see that someone's active in the community that you're participating in web three events. You go to hackathons that it is your passion and it is your joy. And we really think that when we find people and we match their passion with what our company needs are, they perform better. So our, our professional profiles also show all the things that you do in real time. So every event that you attend on any of our metaverse campuses, you get a PO-OP, which then lives in your professional um, your professional profile and in your wallet. And we think that that is going to catch on. And we're already seeing in other places, PO-OPs are becoming more and more common, and um, and I, and I do think it's really exciting. I think our professional identities, living online and control of our professional identities and our reputations are going to be a bit more secure, a bit more verifiable, and they're going to be a bigger asset um, in this new world of Web3. You
0: know, things are changing, um, you know, and I don't want to just say it was because of COVID. I mean, that accelerated <laughs> a lot of things, but we, if you've been in this industry for a while, and I'm not talking entertainment or just technology in general, you knew it was coming, right? Um, and I like that you're, you're capitalizing uh, on this movement and really saying to everyone out there that yes, online conferences, online speaking engagements and courses and accreditation is hyper value. It, it, it is valid and valuable. Um, so that's really amazing. Um, now, when, when it comes to education, the other part uh, of this whole uh, wonderful world is the content, right? Mm-hmm. I've done work with um, educational uh, content providers in the de space, the technology space, um, and the content itself, the curriculum, vetting it, uh, creating it, vetting it, making sure it's valid and, and everything else. Uh, and it's doing it's the right job for the, the right people uh, is difficult, you know, and it's time consuming and and a lot of times becomes expensive. How how does uh, Third Academy create their content? How do they vet it? And what does that world look like?
1: yeah really great question so we create a very small portion of our content um we create content because there's somebody in our team that's passionate about giving back they're passionate about sharing their knowledge they have a really interesting way to approach um, the, prov- the providing of content. Um, but every Web3 company in this space is an educator. Um, I did a talk at ECC and this was one of the things that I underscored because the technology is so new, the need for new consumers is so robust that the amount of educational content that's coming out of t- top companies that is of great quality is astounding. Now, the other thing being in the space for a minute, I have come to know is that those companies aren't even sure that their great content gets seen because it usually lives on social channels where there's a million other things that are competing for people's attention or on their website. So we are first and foremost, an aggregator of top educational content from all sources. Secondly, we allow people in the community to contribute their own content because just like our internal team sometimes has the inspiration to share something, to mentor people, to create a new way of educating so does other professionals in the space so we want to give them an opportunity now how is it validated a couple of different ways people get to set up testing for their credentials right so everybody sees what you're testing people and they can determine for themselves as a recruiter as a future employer as a future co-founder whether or not that's that's valuable right whether or not that makes sense but additionally the community will get to determine whose content is the best. They will be able to verify it and um, we'll be able to provide those statistics to anybody who's searching it. So those are the things that we think is really important. Um, Handing over that um, identifying the best and most valuable content over the community is, is such a web three thing and community by community for community for the prosperity of community. Um, And we wanted to keep that intact in our mission and vision.
0: It's interesting because it, it, you know, I speak with tons of developers and engineers that have created things that we use every single day, and a lot of them work in open source and a lot of you know in an open source uh, development environment, uh, and there is a huge resurgence of this whole idea of open source, obviously via the the web and de- the cosmos and different different blockchains uh, developing protocols. Uh, but it's interesting to see you guys actually adopt a very contemporary kind of model of set the standards, set it free, have it come back, val- you know, checks and balances. that That is Web3, right? The validation of it. So I really like that system. And we've been seeing it work, obviously, for many, many years since Cisco or wherever you want to call it, um, the whole, you know. Decentralized workplace uh, and uh, educational collaboration, right? We all do it. We've all been doing it for many years since the advent of the computer. You put a, a store of information on a wiki, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty crude example, but people come in and validate the information and whatnot, and and, and go from there. Uh, so I really like that you're you're not only creating an environment or community around people who want to be educated, you're starting to create a community around educators uh, and contributors. And they could be one in this, you know, or both.
1: Yeah. um, I I think that you um, also touched on something earlier too. That was pretty magical is, is that happenstance that happens when you're at conferences and you're at IRL events that like, The person that was most valuable you met, you were standing in line at a Starbucks (laughs) and you struck up a conversation because the line was so long. Then you realized that you have this potential to collaborate, which yielded a new product, but it was the happenstance. So for us, it's about the educational content. It's about the community, but setting up moments where you can play, where you can talk, where you can chat, where you can Meet new people that could be your next co-founder, could be an investor, could be a collaborator or your next employee, and doing it in a way that has a little bit of magic to it. That's what we're hoping to really um, provide our communities.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it, it's it's really important, especially maybe for, for some of our younger viewers or listeners tuning in. Um, the old days, it was hey, you show up at a conference or you show up at a, com- a company and it's like, what can you do for me? Right? What are you going to offer me? Uh, and and that's fine. But now, and it's a mental shift. Once you understand that you, you, you're in working or, uh, you know, uh, communicating or networking within a Web3 environment, it's you show up and what do you have to offer? Oh, and by the way, what is your your neighbor over here sitting next to you in the conference have to offer. And it's everyone and it's a collection. And it's the idea of, you know, don't hoard your knowledge, share it. It's a really hard concept for a lot of people to kind of get over. Um, But I think once you do, it feels good. It it not only feels good, it's going to work for you. Um, And you're going to attract those people who have like-minded Tendencies of sharing. Um, so again, coming back to the community aspect, it's not for everyone. It's for the right people with the right mindset. So I, I love that. Um, and um, you know, uh, one of the the questions again, and with Web three, you can't escape it. Is you know the idea of truly democratizing higher ed. Do you think that's? I mean, obviously, I think you're you're a bit biased here and perhaps myself, but do you feel, what does that look like?
1: I will tell you that um, $1.6 trillion is owed by the students of the United Mm. States federal government. And that I find personally infuriating. Um, The ability for us to put people in debt as they're trying to advance themselves professionally is just not satisfactory. I do understand that we might need to provide our students with loans, but if we're going to do so in primary and secondary schools, we should also provide some financial literacy education. The fact that we can give people debt without giving them any tools to understand the debt that they're taking on um, and its effect over their lives um, is not good. So that being said, um, I think that students for at least a generation have been looking for alternatives to higher education that are more cost effective, that get them jobs more quickly. And this is one of those mechanisms. Um, You could study something very specific, technical or non-technical in Web3, get your credentials very quickly, and then if not get yourself into a job, get yourself into a position where you're mentored by some people in the community. Mentoring is becoming incredibly big and prominent in Web3. And it is a way that a lot of people move from non-technical to technical or non-technical in the Web3 space to a non-technical job in the Web3 space. So a lot of people I know will start um, by by participating in a community, then become a community manager, then work their way up into a Web3 company into strategy. Um, The things that you can do are endless when you apply yourself, but the thing that's different is the speed and the economy at which you can go from uneducated to educated to employed. And let's face it, even if you get an entry-level job and you're employed, that doesn't prohibit you from learning more, doing more, advancing your career over time. And if we can make it happen and you're having, a f- if you're having fun and you're growing your network, that'll happen even more quickly because let's face it, our network and our reputation advance us always um the ability that someone can count on you they know you're reliable and you show up for them can't be underscored in its value as you move ahead professionally
0: you, you know as as we push on and you know learn more about you know uh, third academy i'm really realizing that you're filling another white space that and it's maybe not white but gray in traditional higher ed there's always the um, placement, you know, end of things. Oh, when you graduate, you, you know, we have a great placement program. Um, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see that. I'm not dinging my university or anyone else's for that matter. Only, you only find those networks only in like Ivy League, truly in Ivy League schools, right? That's why you spend a lot of money to send your kids there or go there yourself. Um, I think that is a gray area that's really interesting and specific to um, you guys or Web3 in general is that you're creating, again, a community that's supporting each other, but you use the community as stepping stones for your career advancement in and out of uh, Third Academy. That's really cool when you're actually doing something for someone else and it becomes a piece of collateral for you or sales material for you or, you know, something to bolster your career as you move on and up. Uh, really interesting concept. And I, I think there are so many little concepts here that could just bubble up and be educational pieces unto themselves for the rest of the world outside of, you know, the academy. So, um Okay, so we the, the one of the core elements here is the virtual world, right? Um, and I, because, you know, most of us have been in and out of a virtual world, whether it be just flat up on a, a computer screen or with goggles and v, true VR. Um, maybe you've had an instructional thing. Maybe it was a game. Um, and we know, right? People as entrepreneurs, one of the golden tickets, if you will, the gold or the juice is in retention, right? Mm -hmm. How do you keep, how do you keep your audiences, your students engaged? How do you keep them coming back? You know, it's a little bit different for you guys because yeah, you have maybe courses or curriculums that you're following. So of course you want to come back, but you want people to take more courses and you want them to share it with other people. How do you keep them in your universe?
1: Yeah, really, really good question. Well, first, I should say that our metaverses are browser-based, totally mobile. Um, So no headset is needed. You literally click through from our platform into the metaverse event that you want to go to or to the campus. Additionally, we build these campuses in mind to be a bit sticky. And having spent a considerable amount of time building business models for metaverses, we had some ideas around that. Um, First and foremost, the idea that Um, gaming. Gaming and games is fun. (laughs) People want to play together. Um, So we create um, things like gaming gardens where you discover different opportunities to play a game with somebody. So you may have been in a course, you may have been in a podcast live in one of our metaverse facilities, and then you and somebody next to you Use our Dolby spatial sound system to have a chat that's private between the two of you. You go outside, you start playing a game, and then you start talking about your dev problems. Like It's one of those places that fosters socialization, not just education. Additionally, we have things like taco trucks where you can order food to deliver in real time to your home so you guys can actually have lunch together in the metaverse it is a thing um it's not in the future it's coming we can do movie nights we can do real-time multiplayer gaming Um, in some of our facilities. And our facilities, each one of the campuses has a theme. We have a Women in Technology campus. We have our main campus lounge. um, We have different entities and communities coming into Third Academy that are actually having their own campuses. Some of those campuses have things like wellness centers. So in the Women in Tech Lounge, we're very much about wellness and creating a curriculum of wellness opportunities for our members as well. So they can go in and do a meditation or a virtual yoga class. So these are the types of things that we want to have accessible. Additionally, we have a team that is from five countries on four continents. We are really about bringing on global communities. So this is not built for anybody's time zone. This is built for wherever our community is for whatever they need. So in the US and LA where I am now, I could pop in in the middle of the night and join a, a team that's across the globe and it's you know daytime for them. So this is not about hours or days or years or anybody's countries, this is for everyone. And what we're finding is that as groups come in they have ideas about how they want to use the space. We have groups that come in like XR Women who want to do collaborations and mentorship programs regarding NFTs. We have people who want to do their own wellness programs because they've been passionate about it as well as Web3 technology. And so. The burden isn't exclusively on Third Academy, but this was not just built for Third Academy. This is just technology and a playground and an educational location for people to thrive. So we're here to support what our communities want to do and we're building the technology mechanisms for them to do so.
0: It's it, as we as we kind of unpack, you know, the Third Academy even more. I mean, there's so many ideas that that bubble up. And I relate it you know, it's hard to not relate it to your own experience, higher ed experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And if someone had told me that, you know what, not only can you study design or code or anything, whatever you're into, you actually can create your own courses. You can create activities around it and use it, like show us (laughs) the cool stuff, you know, Uh, I would have loved that. And I I think that would have been a little bit more, obviously, interactive and engaging. And I think would have attracted more students or kept more students engaged uh, or even kept them in the in the curriculum. Uh, so that's I, I really enjoy that. I really again, you guys keep hitting on these little like gray areas and white areas that higher ed refuses, refuses to listen to. Uh, for whatever reasons, Uh, um, or just investigate, all I want them to do is to kind of get out of your own box. Um, we know it's like, you know, the housing market, like you don't want to pop that bubble. Um, you know, there's too much money on, on, you know, at stake here. Uh, but I think over time people are going to realize that there are really different alternative means of learning, um, that are faster, cheaper, and actually offer you more relevant information per your creative or technology um, mindset. So that's uh, amazing. You guys are doing a great job here. Um, Now, what kind of partners do you have? Are there other business partners you're pulling in? Um, Because the the corporate world is like, this is prime for, for corporate world outside of like personal education. Who are you partnering with?
1: Yeah. So we have, I believe it's over 35 Web3 communities that have currently confirmed. We've got five metaverse campuses fully committed with residencies. We have a lot of companies like Hacken and Footprint Analytics and Trust Army. We also have a lot of DAOs like Bankless DAO, Fight Club DAO, DAO Relationships all coming in. Um, They're about to do all of their Um, events in our Metaverse. So basically their demo days, their podcasts, their Twitter spaces, because we can, you can have a Twitter space with us in one of our Metaverse campuses. We stream it out to Twitter. We stream it out to YouTube. We stream it out to your, your um, discord all simultaneously in real time. So you're hitting that one event is hitting your community at mass instantly. And so we are finding that a lot of Web3 communities who love their Discord, who love their Twitter, who stream to YouTube can now do it um, in a way that magnifies everything that they're doing. As far as conferences, conferences are really catching on to what we're doing. And so we recently debuted um, a metaverse campus for the Breathe convention in Las Vegas. And what What the challenge is for conferences and conventions in the Web3 space is that it costs them so much money to get people IRL every year, right? Either once or twice a year. That marketing budget is massive. And then you lose them. Everybody goes home (laughs) and you have to do it again when the next IRL event comes. But one of the advantages of having a metaverse campus is you get to keep the community engaged the entire time. You get to keep the sponsors engaged. We have the ability to have virtual sponsor booths. We have the ability to have stages and presentations in real time. Now, how does that benefit the Third Academy ecosystem? our members get discounts to that conference in IRL. They, I mean, in IRL and virtually. If they can't make the IRL event, then they can go to the virtual event. And every single event that I go to at a conference, every stage, every vendor booth is a learning opportunity, especially now, because things are advancing so rapidly. So it's just additional content to feed into the ecosystem and everybody learns differently. As a mom of two neurodiverse people, Um, It is something that we're very much conscious of, and we believe the greater diversity of of educational experiences, the more likely we're going to hit the needs of our target demographic. And thus far, it's been really exciting um, to do so. Additionally, we're playing in the AI marketplace as well. Um, We think that AI is going to be a great partner in the evolution of education and our ability to understand how people learn, how we need to adapt to how they learn, so that we can give our educational content contributors some insights as to what they're doing that's working, what's, what they're doing that's not working, but also simply to um, provide docents to show that you how to utilize your metaverse experience, to provide teaching assistance to teachers in the metaverse, um, but also to man those sponsor booths that we were just talking about at those conferences. So 365 24/7 there's somebody there talking about your product and technology in a way that makes sense. Um, so those are the things that we're playing with in our and internal <laughs> internal campuses and uh, workshops.
0: Yeah and one of the things you brought up is you know the, having corp- corporate, Sponsors or people in corporate America using these for conferences and education. Um, It it also keeps the larger tech companies closer to your students, right, Um, for future opportunities. And likewise, for them, oh, well, we had a nice crowd of a thousand people at our conference in just the Third Academy, you know, hosted virtual world. They can always go back to that the other, and this is leading into another question here, um, I always, it, it, marketing, the idea of marketing is part of my world and most people's world, and part of these podcasts are to make people in traditional advertising, marketing, media feel comfortable about dipping their toes into Web3 or VR or, or NFTs or whatever it may be. Um, so the idea of capturing and keeping people close is the, like the golden egg for, for advertising and marketing people, not to how to just capture their eyeballs, but capture their hearts and minds and keep them close to the brand. That is the Holy grail to me. Attention, uh, tokens are a big or, uh, uh, attendance and or attention tokens are huge for um, platforms like Third Academy and many, many others where it's, you've attended, here's your ticket. By the (laughs) way, that ticket is an NFT with tons more educational information packed into it, um, career opportunities, uh, accreditation, and everything else that goes with it. So it becomes a a real token. It's not like I'm going to go sell it on uh, OpenSea tomorrow. No, it's not that NFT NFT. It's a utility-driven NFT, which mm-hmm. this world is missing uh, greatly. Um, but I've always been fascinated with: you go to an event, and the NFT opens up a hundred doors. Yeah, uh, not just for the user or the, the 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 holder, but for the corporations themselves. Are you guys working on like those kind of NFTs that are really baked in and integrated?
1: Yeah, so great question. And for me, um, utility has been... Uh, I'm am so passionate about utility with NFTs because I think it's such, such a magical thing when you get it right. And for us, um, because we are providing POAPs to our events in the metaverse, um, sponsors will have the ability to sponsor those NFTs and to bake in utility that's important for them. So if we are targeting their target demographic, um, and you provide them with a PO-op at the end that also provides them with discounts or discounts to their product, discounts to our events, um, exclusive events, um, access. All of that really ties a person to your brand in a more significant way. Additionally, in our profiles, you can see the PO-ops that are sponsored by those brands, and those brands get more rep- recognition across Um, all people within the community. So I think for sponsors, it's a really smart move. Additionally, um, all of our campuses, just like when you go into museum and certain rooms have naming rights, we have the ability that you can sponsor um, areas, you can do your virtual booths, you can uh, sponsor certain content. There's a lot of opportunities. We want to be smart about it and we want to curate it and we want it to be well integrated and meaningful to the community so that it doesn't take us away from our core purpose, which is um, supporting the growth professionally of the people that are there.
0: You guys have a, an obligation to the students, to the, to the curriculum, and I completely get it. And it is a very fine line. It's a balancing act of how much you push or market uh, versus how quiet you stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it's the right content, people don't mind.
1: You Correct, know? <laughs> you know.
0: And if it's if it's focused, it's not like Nike where it's like, all right, they're sending me a cool deal and another NFT with an animated GIF or whatever it is, or I'm getting part ownership of you know Air Jordan, whatever it may be. <laughs> um, it needs to be focused, right? Uh, and people won't mind it. So that's a really, and I'm so glad you guys are tapping into that because that is the modern marketing vehicle. Uh, yeah. and I use marketing loosely, but
1: I think fun is the other one, right? You can integrate marketing if it's fun. So, like when you go into the Women in Tech campus we have Jenny's ice cream stand on the first floor. And you could literally order Jenny's ice cream in real time right from our stand, but you could also play ice cream games and you can just meet with people there. It's a meeting place, it's a social place. You can sit down, you can chill out. Um, We also have the ability to turn on your camera. So you can go from avatar and our avatars and our environments are near photorealistic. So it will look a lot like me if you're talking to me, but I could also turn on my camera and it'll be a picture of me just like you see on this podcast. Um, right above my head in kind of a think bubble. So um, yeah, I think making it fun, making it realistic, making it useful (laughs) is also great. And because we have these environments, we can be really playful about that. And that's important to us.
0: I like the idea of the mixed mediums, because you may want to just talk to, you know, hey, I want to talk to Stacey. But I just want to see her photo or her image and she, you know, or reciprocal. And that works. That's great. And I think that's choice, right? And you're offering choices and that's great. I also like way backing up, you know, tremendously. I forgot to mention this before, but the idea of being able to attend a virtual event through third Academy, but have it broadcast to multiple platforms. That's huge. I I just wanted to give you guys a plug on that because that's difficult and, a lot of times you're, you know, as a podcaster or anyone just trying to get involved in some kind of virtual entertainment or education, whatever it may be, it's tough to kind of rig things up and get things going. And what code do you need for this platform? And uh, the idea of you guys making it kind of plug and play and dummy proof is, is really nice. So thank you for that. One other thing I'm going to back up to just a little bit, because I think it's important Um, you touched on AI, right? Um, you told us how it's kind of being used. Um, how do you think AI really? You know, how do you get people over the kind of the flash or the ding of of AI? Right? There's this beautiful, wonderful, creative, uh, techie part of it, and then there's like the doom and gloom of it. How do you get people? Over that idea and say, you know what? AI is actually being used to vet. It's correct. Edit. How are you how are you getting people over that?
1: Yeah. So in our platform, um, you probably will be unaware that there's AI built in. Um, and I think that that's really what everyone in the Web3 space um, is really shooting for is to create technologies which are seamless, which are easy, that we take all these strange names away for the average consumer and they're just getting a better product because of what we're using. So Mm -hmm. for example, when you go into our metaverse and you, you may or may not even realize that the avatar you're talking to is an AI driven avatar as opposed to another person on the platform because of how Well, it's constructed, right? Um, We have to be very, very thoughtful and work with the best people on the information we're feeding it, right? Bad information in, bad information out, and making sure that we are being very thoughtful, very mindful about that um, in order to create a top quality experience. Additionally, I think when you use AI to benefit your community, Um, And you show ways that is beneficial. For example, I really love the fact that it is in our pipeline, our roadmap to use AI to learn about what content is really serving the needs of our community. This way we can tell our partner companies, hey, this kind of content is really resonating. If you want your new technology to be understood by the Web3 community that is here, this is the best way to present it. I think that only benefits all of us. And if, if there is a significant way that we have an advantage over higher education or more traditional systems that kind of employ um, their educational content the same way (laughs) semester after semester, it's this, it's the fact that we're not just teaching technology or using technology to advance the way we teach. That is very significant. Um, And, So, yeah, we're very passionate about it. And to be quite frank, it's not something that uh, Third Academy puts out there in a big way. It's more something that we're quietly utilizing to make sure that what we do, we can do the best possible way to serve the Web3 community.
0: Mm. Yeah, as you see, different technologies butt up. You know, you've got ChatGPT, which is like it's a standalone or it's baked in to other platforms. I, I 100% agree when the technology disappears is when people really start to enjoy it uh, and, and really utilize it properly. Um, there's a lot of noise and chatter, uh, obviously, about uh, AI, and there's wonderful things. And I use it pretty much every day for production stuff, but I go to a specific tool. I go to uh, lots of different little tools for audio and video editing and whatnot. Um, But having it baked in and feeling natural, and I really liked your idea of, you know, poop in, poop out, you know, (laughs) Um, excuse my language, Um, you know, crap in, crap out. It's what you feed these machine learning algorithms. They're going to learn on, they're going to feed off of it. So you really have to scrub and make sure your content that you're putting in is really excellent so that it actually can learn from itself and the rest of the community. Um, and I think you created your own little tagline there. Um, you know, the educate using technology to better educate. I forgot the exact terminology, but that was spot on for you guys. Um, great. So one of the things you and I were talking about, Stacy. Because um, we're going to wrap up a little bit here soon. And I wanted to throw this out there because the higher ed in Web3, just like DeFi, it, it's it's hyper interesting to people. Um, I think people with I know for myself, it took Web3 blockchain investing and noodling and tinkering for me to revisit the idea of truly understanding what finance is,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: It took web three, not a professor, mm-hmm. not a, a, a parent, not a friend, it took web three. And now I'm hyper more educated about finance, not only finance, but law and government. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really positive. And then from an education standpoint, I think it's one of those big big things out there like government and finance, education. People really have to start to understand why universities do certain things, why they charge so much, why they are extremely behind the education eight ball, if you will, Um, from a curriculum and a technology standpoint. But I think there really is going to be in need for people or yearning to learn more about not just the school itself or the history of a school, why, the why of why education systems run the way they do. And they did it in DeFi and man, there are institutions that are traditional institutions that are getting hammered because and they will continue to get hammered because it is the true way forward, the you know, a trusted way forward. I think this is like the golden age for education. The next 10 years are, are pivotal. I have two, two um, uh, 15-year-old kids that in the next couple of years, two or three years, are going to be going into higher ed institutions, uh, virtual, digital, or traditional. Not sure yet. But th- these are the questions I'm asking myself as a parent and someone concerned, both about quality and the finance, actually financing this is wildly important. And I, I, I wouldn't push that off to the side. I think it should be celebrated by you, you guys and, ev- and others that there is a truly different way to do things. And many, many people in the traditional media or traditional worlds will continue to tell you, no, no, this is the way it's done. And this is the era of saying, yes or let's try.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, and maybe. Yes, um, and? I, think, I think education through the lens of context is what you're really hitting on. Like yeah. when you have a curiosity and you can educate to that curiosity, that's when you get magic. I mean, I first started writing my first code at the age of 14, but by today's standard, you can start writing code much earlier than that. And when you have got kids interested and able and willing to use iPads and computers, I mean, my kids are six. And they're already very computer savvy, perhaps more Mm. so than my parents are, which is amazing. Um, Their aptitude to learn code is probably quite great and could start very soon. Now, why is that interesting? Because they're spending their time in that space. And if they do something or learn about how to create what it is they love doing, turning them from a gamer to a coder, And they're inspired at this age and it's fun. Imagine the innovation we could get from that. I mean, that's part of what gets me up in the morning and like when I'm working on the 23rd hour of a day keeps me moving is that we are now giving access to tech education to people globally that wouldn't otherwise have it. What kind of brilliance are we going to find there? Who are all these people that didn't have this access previously? What kind of great minds and brilliant thinking will we find when we turn kids on at a younger age, when we give greater accessibility, when when our groups of people creating technology are more diverse people? What kind of performance are we going to get out of this new generation of products that serves everybody That's the stuff that keeps me going, keeps my team going. And I have to say that my brilliant and dedicated team is as passionate about this as I am. And and I'm so grateful for them because we're all working together to make the best possible product in the education space we can.
0: Mm. (laughs) I'm learning so much um, just about the inner workings. And I think it's really important that people hear this from you. Uh, leading this organization, there are a lot of important topics sandwiched in this that you're addressing and you're not shouting at people. It's just happening, you know, uh, and I, I think that's wonderful. Um, and in fact, you and I were talking earlier before we jumped on, Stacy, that we feel for I, I think certainly the Web3 Impact audience would love to see a live demo of this and we can Yay. use do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be phenomenal.
1: Let's do it, and let's let's blast it out across social channels, and let's do it with a live studio audience and give away spots. Let's do a giveaway um, for the tickets to get into the live studio audience and be a part of it on the day of the event in person with us. That would be amazing. Happy to do that.
0: Yeah, it would be really, really fun to do that. And, uh, you know, we've done demos before, um, pre-recorded and whatnot, but I think a live one would be great. Um, And, you know, to your point, set it free. And I I think people will really enjoy it. And I approach it as a complete noob, right? I may know a little bit about this stuff uh, in your, you know, the, the Academy world, but I want to approach it as someone who's fresh and new to show people that it's really easy peasy. You know? (laughs) And, um, and what you're going to get out of it. So we'll, pre- you know, pressure test it live. And I think that's great. And we can create a whatever events uh, around it and, you know, we'll experience the whole Third Academy, you know, world firsthand. So that's good. I'm excited for that. Now, Stacy, do you have, do you guys have any live events, Twitter events or X, uh, you know, um, spaces, um, conferences? Anything coming up that you want to promote?
1: Yeah, we have about over 200 events um, scheduled for our main campus lounge with the Web3 communities that are currently um, involved in Third Academy. Once again, Third Academy is pre-launch. We launched formally at the end of this year. um, But you can find out more about us at third.academy. And then you'll be able to sign up for events, get on our newsletter, um, get on the waiting list to participate. Currently, we have over 70,000 requests for membership, so it would be great um, to have people sign up, join up. Um, People who get in early will get um, some special features. Um, We definitely want to support our early community. You could also go to our Discord. Um, We have a very active and rich Discord that is um, a great place to learn, connect, and yeah, and you can also follow us on Twitter and YouTube. Every event that we do live in the metaverse is streamed across platforms, so you can find a lot of our content live in those channels or you can find it archived there.
0: Mm. And for our listeners and viewers, we're going to put the all of the good links uh, below so you can kind of direct link right out to 3rd Academy and choose the platform you want to kind of learn from and get involved in. 3rd uh, Academy Stacey, thank you so much. This has been like educational and fun and, and really for me, thought provoking. Um, there's a lot of little good bits in here that just kind of tease your brain uh, if you're a curious person. Um, and if it's doing it for me, uh, it, you know, if you're a young person starting out or someone who's kind of trying to re educate, this is a really wonderful alternative that you should check out. Um, and it's just getting started. So if you're this good right now, Stacy, um, I- I'm really thrilled to see what the next year looks like. And I hope you stay in touch with us. I know we will. Um, we want to kind of revisit this live demos and other podcasts, because I think it's really important. Uh, uh, the, the product is important, but the idea of higher ed and understanding higher ed and helping as a community to guide it forward in the right way is even more important. So um, thank you so much. Thank you so uh, much. We look forward to more Um, and uh, we'll speak soon.
1: Sounds great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.